This is Dream Chaser Donald Kelly, and you're listening to the Chasing Dreams with Amy J. Welcome to Chasing Dreams Podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams Podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams, Amy J. Hey, Dream Chasers, this is Amy J, and thank you so much for tuning into episode 51. We have crossed over a milestone, and it is a wonderful day, beautiful, sunny day today. And to help me bring some sunshine to your day in listening to this podcast, I have Donald Kelly. He's a powerful sales trainer, an award-winning speaker, and host of the most dynamic sales podcast, The Sales Evangelist. His sales experience expands across a variety of industries, including SaaS, IT technology training courses, home security systems, managed IT services, medical and sales training. And honestly, if you know the man, I, I, can, I don't think there's a limit to the industry he could do. Uh, Donald's mission is to evangelize the method of effective selling to motivate sellers of all levels to do big things. He's been featured on Yahoo Finance, Entrepreneur Magazine, Huffington Post, and that's just a, a few of the many. And he has been kind enough to come on the show today and talk about what he's doing. Hey, Donald, what's going on? Amy, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. It's, uh, it's fun to be here. Now, Donald, I met you last year at Podcast Movement 2015, the second one that there's ever been. And um, there's no way anybody could have missed you. <laughs> Don, Don, <laughs> Donald was the MC. For the entire program, and he was fantastic. What, uh, is that something you do? Do you just no. find conferences and like, hey, let me do, let's do it? No, I had uh, I at New Media Expo four years ago. Jared, um, I helped Jared with some of the speaker introductions. He was working with uh, the organizers, and he volunteered to do speaker introductions and to tell the organizers, "Hey, don't worry about that part. I'm going to take care of it for you." So he got a bunch of us to go to do introductions to some of these speakers, and then I, um, he gave me advice. He's like, "Be different when you do these. Don't be like everybody else and just like read a little script." So I tried to be different with it and had fun. And then he was like, Look, "When they did podcast movement, they're like, bro, we need to have you come on to podcast movement and do some of our introductions if you're willing.'" So I did it. I loved it. I'm so glad they did. Uh, excellent choice. Don- Donald has come on to. Do you MC for the podcast movement fifteen? Did you do the original? Yeah, so the okay. first year, second year, and the third year now. And each introduction, I imagine, was the same for the very first one. Uh, he's done a skit of sorts or an impersonation, and it was fantastic. And I think it was—it's reflective of your personality because you're a very fun, happy guy. Oh, thank you, thank right? You. And and but it comes across. You're very approachable. You're very um, kind. Right? You take your time with people and you talk. And I, th- I imagine that's something that you need with selling, right? And so is that something, I believe it's an innate part of your character? Have you always wanted to sell from a young age because of that? Or how did, that, how did you fall into selling? 
I family was a sales side. That's where that came from. My dad was you know is an entrepreneur. My um, my mom is you know was always like hustling, and my aunt. So everyone around me back in Jamaica, so I was born, were interested or doing something with sales or you know that's that's how you survive like most people they think you know in in in, especially in a country like ours like the u.s we go to work right you go to work nine to five and that's it you get your job you get your money wham bam it's done yeah you see it all the time yeah and in most other countries that's not the way it is you got to find a way to make it happen you just have to find a way to get it done whether it's going out selling mangoes or going out selling fruit in a corner going and you know whatever you need to do um, buying products from the u.s and selling it and so it wasn't necessarily like i just saw it as that's how you survive you know that's instead of looking at it like you go to school gain this edu- this degree and then you get a nine-to-five job for me survival was just that you you send you you hustle you go out and you hustle so putting that in in context i started doing as a kid i would sell things in a front yard and you know made you get a little change in your pocket or sometimes it failed horribly and nobody bought anything but you know it was just that nature so that's how the sales side came and see my dad in business doing that i was like okay so this is how business is you know this is what you need to do i want to be a businessman quote unquote and i associated business with selling and then my personality, I always loved to, I would say I got this from church um, in a sense. I used to go to some of these these uh, very passionate churches, I would say, as a kid in Jamaica. And you see the ministers up there and I'm like, you know, dude, that would be cool to be able to move an audience. So I think that's where I got that idea, idea of being in front of a group. So my cousins and I used to pretend like we were preachers after church and put her she had little dolls we put the dolls up and you know get our her little brother to sit down and <laughs> listen to us and you know like we're having a little church service so i just love the idea of being in front of the audience so you combine those two now you have a passion to do business and to quote unquote sell and this ability to want to be out there and to be outgoing and to entertain and it leads to a multiple a multiplicity multiplicity of uh you know of ability to have success in the business world because now I've come to realize that selling is not just like, you know, selling, it's entertaining. You know, what can I do to to entertain and move people? And then as a natural byproduct, they will get educated from what I have to offer and find value in it and come and buy what I have to sell. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that I am, that's the formula for success in sales it's just that that's my personality. That's how I work it. And I use that towards like the presentations or speaking. I try to entertain and bring value to people. And as a natural byproduct, I usually build relationships and, and connect with folks and find opportunities, um, which leads to stuff like this. I mean, yeah, absolutely. And I think it goes to what Jared was telling you before, you know, be different. And you really do stand out with that uh, personality and how you do things. And so you, you know about, you, you have that ability from your family, right? You're surrounded by entrepreneurs at a young age. You grow up around entrepreneurs. It's not necessarily that you get formal education in selling, though. So was most of your education before, I don't even know, did you get formal, formal education? Was it from watching your family sell and kind of cataloging what they're doing and what worked and didn't work and kind of building upon that as you went through life and then maybe you had a formal education, maybe you didn't. Did you think it was necessary? It was 
I didn't think I thought I was cool and all, and I thought I didn't necessarily need it. I would say um, at at a young at a early on in, in sales, I just thought it was like in in a natural thing. You either have it or you don't. So that's that was my mentality, I guess. And then I would I started doing. Um, sales and you know the middle school sales that I did was I started to become entrepreneurial and I guess I, just, I thought more of it more not more sales but more of like I'm an entrepreneur so I used to buy candy at reduced rates at Albertsons I think they had it like for you know that you can get like these uh, Reese's bars and Snickers for like uh, 50 cents and I used to sell them for a dollar so I would make some you know make my money back great profit margin and <laughs> that's that's awesome and then I would um you know, just kind of, that's what I was my, my thing. I, I just started doing that and I thought it was fun and it was good and I was making money. So I therefore equated, uh, equated that I was a good seller because of the fact that I was doing that stuff. And then when I got into college and in high school, I did little things here and there. I formed little, you know, businesses for a couple months with friends and did like cleaning or house repairs and, you know, yard work. And that's how, you know, make money to go to back to school and things of that nature. But then when I got older and I got into college, I started selling for um, more traditional companies. And it was a little bit different, but I was still selling to consumers, which were still easy. Selling one-on-one to that individual is a is different than selling B2B, selling to a business, selling a complex software or something to that nature. So the B2C side, I was okay. And did some more stuff in college. Did some the, some of the things you've mentioned in my introduction, like the door to door security. I did some of the uh, manage uh, excuse me IT training classes and things of that nature. But then when I got into the B two B world, it was a different beast. Selling to a executive or selling to a business owner, people that I didn't have much interaction with, and that's when I realized I didn't really know how to sell. I knew how to. Sell it, I guess, the, the lower level. But now, when you get to the big boys league, I wasn't too great at that. And it wasn't until I got formal sales training then I started to realize the notion that I had before was that you had to have this great personality to be successful in sales. You had to be outgoing like I was or some of these other people. And I would try to capitalize on that. Again, granted, you utilize what gifts you've been given towards your ability. And anyone. Can sell, and that's what I came to learn after going through that sales training program. My sales trainer, because I used to think that you had to be like this, you know, super beautiful lady, or you, you know, dress a certain way, and a guy had to dress a certain way and look a certain way, and you know, in order for them to be, you know, just cool, just real slick, rico suave, or just you know, sexy Jane to be. You mean successful those things that you see on TV exactly all the time, mm-hmm. all those movies that you see, and yeah. so that's the stigma that I had. But when I saw my boss, she was nothing like that and she was killing it. And I was like, holy moly, mind blown. Things change. And I saw some of the successful sellers and I'm like, they don't fulfill this category that I see on depicted in movies. So it came quickly. Then this this, uh, ideology was adopted that in order to be successful in sales – it doesn't require you to be able to be like every to dress and to look like everyone. You just have to have the desire and know what to do. And when I learned that in the sales training, like the the what to do part, the formulas, like how to ask questions, to listen, to look for the value, and to add value, those those were the skills. Then when I got that, it was like a you know ro- a rocket, and my my sales performance became like a hockey stick. 
So I was able to use my personality coupled with the training and my desire to be successful and I started to perform really well. So the, that's why I adopted this and I used to talk to Jared because Jared and I worked in the same company in the software industry. And then I was like always talking about sales and the stuff that I'm learning in J Money. I called J Money. Jared was like, um, "Dude, you need to go. Uh, you need to form your podcast." And I had a name that I used to. I used to be the technology evangelist in one of the the IT companies I work for. And then he was like, "You're like a preacher. You're always talking about it." And I was like, "Yeah, like the evangelist." And he was like, "Yeah, you should form. That should be it. The sales evangelist." And that's how the name came about. The sales evangelist, and it developed where I started to evangelize effective ways of selling. I started to share, like, because I started to think, how many people are out there who are like me who may think they know what to do, but they're feeling horrible at sales and just want to give up. But there's a way that it can be successful, and that's why we formed a podcast, and then from that podcast became coaching and training to where we are today. So long-ended, long way to answer the question, but you, you can bring what you have, and then you need to add training to it. You have to have training if you want to be successful. So, so quick question to, to clarify that. Were you doing the podcast while you were working or was that when you kind of went on your own? Great question. I was doing a podcast while I was working. Okay. So I would – it was like a – it was just a hobby, man. I listened to my first podcast. The first podcast I listened to was Seth Godin's Startup League, I believe, or something to that nature. Seth Godin podcast where he interviewed with these other uh, – he, he had a, a weekend with these entrepreneurs where he did a training with them and he recorded it. And I got so bummed because at the end of it, I was like, I want more. It was like, you know, I want some more. I felt like a fiend. Give me more. Give me more. And then I started listening to Pat Flynn's and I was like, I'm hooked on this sucker. So I started to talk more about podcasting. Um, I started to – tell more people about like uh you know about what this idea of podcasting and TSC the sales evangelist just became this uh this hobby and if you know money came from it so be it but it was it was just like let's let's develop this i didn't know how that could be turned into an effective business you know what i mean i mean pat flynn was killing it but that was a you know different beast so anyways just a hobby and then it's just started to grow so i started a podcast december 2013 and that's when it went live on iTunes and then it just was a at that point i wanted to do a startup before i even started working in that software sales job but post you know in college i made a goal to either at a certain time to work for a startup to start create a startup or go for an mba and tse became that startup so it was in mind it was a plan it was there um, and uh, once tse started to form and after year 1 we started to see some traction some money started coming in so my wife and i made a plan and then we had a couple more years or a year and a half. So last year, um, when I fully jumped ship, we had been going with the podcast for a little bit over two plus years um, and uh, saw some income. So therefore, we decided to take that leap, at least I, for me at that point. And uh, now, so this year has been one full year that I've been doing TSC full time. Well, first of all, congratulations. That's you, awesome. Be able to kind of have your own roots your own um little island if you will so when you did this right and, and i kind of want to go back to something you had said earlier when you went to the big leagues just before you reached the big leagues right you you were kind of coasting it, it's kind of how i felt when in high school like i was smart i knew what i was doing got a's i did great then i get to college and it's like hey the game's changed a little bit right mm-hmm. did you do you think that in looking back and now I know you said with formal training, but in general, for anybody who is chasing their dream, do you feel that 
once you realized that things were going to be different or you would have to be different to operate at that next level, do you think people concede if they can succeed if they stay the same? No, I don't think you can. You can't stay the same and, and expect to grow exponentially. And this is something that I'm even looking at right now with TSC. Like we are at a point where we were making, you know, making some change, making some moonlighting, and then we got to the point where we started to generate some income. And now we need to go to the next tier, the next level. You have to challenge yourself and get beyond your comfort zone. And it, you can't, or it's not worth it to do it alone, if that makes sense. Like, for instance, if I was going to go to California, mm-hmm. why in the world will I try to do, you know, try to hack my own way across the, you know, the plains and across all these states when I can easily take the interstate and drive or better yet, I can get on a plane. Somebody already figure out the route there. Why don't I follow and see what they've done and then improve on it. Utilize, don't make it harder for yourself. And if you're forming a business, this is why it's important you get like a business coach or you get somebody, you get a mentor, somebody who's been doing it, somebody who's been through that jungle, I've been down a path before, and you ask them, hey, what do I need to look for? What are some of those things that I can, I can t- learn from? It's important for us to learn from other people. Not that you have to depend on other people, but you learn from other people. And then you take that and apply it. Because the way somebody does something may not be the exact same way that you have to do it. But you want to utilize and learn about what are the pitfalls, what are the challenges in forming a business, what are the difficulties in, in sales, what are the difficulties in being a parent. Look and see what are some of the things that people have done and learned from that and utilize it to help you. And especially if you're going to go, if you look at any successful business, any one of these organizations that are going, you know, just like leaps and bounds and, you know, doing well in, in, the, in the industry, they've partnered with the right people. A lot of them are partnered, partnered with the right folks. And a lot of them have allies or people that they can lean on to gain insight from. And they do like uh, just like business relationships that can help catapult their business into the whole another stratosphere. So the key is to get with the right people, get the proper training, get the proper education, no matter what you're doing. If you look at it with athletes, why in the world do athletes have personal trainers? I mean, LeBron James is like, great already. Why does he need somebody else? Because everyone needs that person that's going to push them, that's going to guide them, who's going to help them to look and see what are some of the issues you have, and let me help you fix that to get to the next portion. So I highly recommend it for any industry. I mean, that's a very great, that's a great analogy because uh, the Olympics are coming up, the Summer Olympics, and I'm sure... I, I know all those athletes have their own coaches. They have a team that help oh. them. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's amazing. Like you, you use the word team and you're exactly right because some of them, like for instance, I think about, I wish I had this, not there yet, but you know, I still like to cook. But some people, those athletes, they have someone who cooks specifically for them that coordinates with their dietitian and their trainer. Oh, I'm with you. So the dietitian. You know, I know yeah. it would be awesome mm-hmm. to have somebody who knows my eating pro, you know, what I need to eat to keep the you know ideal shape, and they cook the food for me and <laughs> have it ready. I would like to cook some some of my meals. You know what I mean? But the, the 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 fact is, it's easy for them because they literally have a team of folks. Somebody says, "This is a workout routine we're going to follow. This is what we're going to some of the foods we need to eat. You know, these are some of the when you're when you're in season. This is what you need to be doing to p- be at peak performance. They have some of them have mental coach or you know motivation coach. I have a f- couple friends. You know, my buddy and I put on a conference later this year and he worked in an organization where that's exactly what he did. Like they would get these athletes who came in and their job was to help them prepare for, 
you know, the, the mental side and the physical side to go out and perform. So you literally have this team of people that are working with these athletes. Why do we think as an individual that we don't need that? And I'm telling you, if, if you see anyone who rose from the bottom to the top, we might say they're a self-made millionaire. They're self-made millionaire, yes, in the sense that they didn't have like, they weren't born with it, but I guarantee you they got help and they had mentors and they had people along the way that guided them. And actually, that's a great a transfer, transition to, to the, the next question. You had, when you were young, your family around you, which you, one could argue is kind of your team, right? You were supported mm-hmm. by them. They, they kind of helped you. Now you're here. Do you have your own version of a team right now? I do. I actually have uh, my, for my speaking side, I have a speaking coach, actually. I'm going for a Toastmaster competition this some this August. So cross your fingers and whenever this episode goes live. I am going to the semifinals. So this is a top 100 speakers and Toastmasters coming together in Washington, D.C. from all over the world. And then if I win my round, then I get to go um, of the 10 rounds. They take the winner out of the 10 rounds of the 10 speakers in each round. And they get to compete for the world championship a couple of days later um, of public speaking. So I could essentially I'm, not, I'm close two more rounds to win the world championship of public speaking. So that'd be pretty cool. And so I have a coach and she literally works with me and helps me with that. So every week I get on a Skype call with her. I go over my speech and what are some of those things that I need to look at and need to work on and improve on and so forth. Then I have on my team, literally, we have folks who do the audio editing for the podcast. We have folks who do the show notes for the podcast. We have people who review the show notes, implement the show notes in our system and on the website. And, uh, you know, then we have folks who my wife actually does some of the social media side to help sure the stuff gets out. And then we have an intern who does some things to coordinate and schedule media going on the other podcasts and on the show. And then as a team, as a, the company grows, then we have uh, we have plans to then grow the team for because I'm not going to be able to do all of the sales training and coaching myself. Our goal is to then reach out in a licensing model um, and to get other certified sales trainers with TSE um, who can follow our processes and help us to expand. So those are some of the things. You you need a team. You need other folks to grow. And yes, you can have your own team. You know, the people around you, a support system, a, you know, a mentor group, a mind group. There's so many different ways of, of coming up with it. Don't, do you have any suggestions for people on how they can find people to be on their team? Yeah, and the other part too, sorry. So this is another side of the team, the mastermind. I have a mastermind of, of almost like your advisors in a sense. But I meet every Friday morning, I meet with these other entrepreneurs um, who we get on a call together and we challenge each other. And we, you know, that's a part of my, my support system, a part of my team. Um, and, you know, your family. So my wife is a big supporter of the podcast and of the, you know, the business and the community. But you, the first thing I would encourage everyone is to make sure you're a part of a mastermind. That's probably one of the easiest thing you can do. That is a group of people. It doesn't have to be huge. You don't have to be a part of a paid group. Just find a couple other people who are doing or have the similar passions that you do. Maybe around, you know, maybe a couple of them, one of them is a little bit further along and, you know, that they, that they all have a passion. If they're entrepreneurs or if you're a seller, sales pros, or if you're, um, if you're trying to be better moms or you're trying to be better cooks, you find a mastermind of people that will help challenge you, that you can set goals with and that can keep you accountable, that can share ideas about things that they can, that's work, um, help you with some of the difficulties you may be coming upon. But that's one of the first things that you can do. 
is to to start getting your support system is to get a mastermind of people around you. And to that point, guys, you you're not only getting help, but you're giving help. And I, I'm a big proponent of mentor mentee relationships. And Donald, did you you said you had a coach. Do you think that of all the people you interacted with, would you call them mentors for you? And do you also mentor anyone? I do. The I would say like right now, um, I have a couple people I'm mentoring and I work with. But let's go back to the first part of that question. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more. Let me make sure I understand. You, you were. It was if I was having. If I do. If I have a. Did you have yes, mentors? Yes. If I the mentors that I had included like um, people in college. I remember one of my professors being an awesome mentor. He's like business guy, just like cool stud man. And I was like, this guy's awesome. I wanted to be like him. So I would reach out to him and. And I would ask questions often or I would learn from him or I'd get ideas about industry and things of that nature. So he was a mentor to me. And then I had folks who I would, you know, mentor from a distance. You know what I mean? Like um, people that you maybe who are out there in professional worlds that maybe you just you idolize in a sense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so you read a lot of their books and you see what they're doing. And, you know, in that sense, so I call those mentors from a distance. And then you have the folks who are just right in your, you know, your, maybe your wheelhouse. Um, like Jared was an awesome mentor because I picked his brain a lot. And those who don't know Jared easily, I used to pick his brain a lot and I still do when we, when I was starting a podcast and he shared ideas and insights challenge, we get on a phone call every once in a while, go to lunch every once in a while, which is kind of, you know, you have someone that in being your corner, um, as a support. So that's where, um, that ID ideology came from. Um, and then, um, as far as the people that I work with now, I have a couple of folks who found a podcast and, you know, early on and we, one of them, I'll give you an example. Let me give a big shout out to him, Stephen Hart. Um, and he has a podcast called Trailblazers Podcast. And Stephen found me on Twitter like way back when my podcast was like first launched and we became friends and online. And then he had the desire for podcasts and he's put it off and tried and put it off for just different things come up in life. You know how it goes. And But I kept pushing him, kept pushing him, keeping him accountable until he finally launched his podcast and is doing fantastic right now. And he's connecting with some amazing people and has some plans to like leave and you know see seeing the business model that could develop from this and it's amazing and we met in person for the first time at podcast movement this year and he he that's how he tells people he's like yeah this guy's like my mentor you know he was there and we'd get on a phone call every once in a while skype and i you know there's other people who have sales people who you know they reach out to me every once in a while ask a question and you know they want to get a little bit of help, and I'm more than willing to connect with people and give them a little bit of advice. And then I have my formal training, uh, coaching students, people who will um, reach out, and they pay me to sit down with them for one hour each week, and we go through things to help them improve their sales or just like uh, you know outreach for their business and, and uh, you know business growth, whether individuals or um, who work for a company as a seller or they're an entrepreneur. So that's, those are some of the mentor, mentors that uh, I've had and some of the mentors that I, mentees that I have now. <laughs> <laughs> and your, your mentorship of Stephen, it wasn't a, a formal thing where you guys were like, hey, will you be my mentor? Will you be my mentee? And, you know, let's do this. It kind of grew, right? It, it was yeah, a natural to- progression. It totally was a natural thing. We were just friends and chatting, and I knew from his desires what he could do. And I'm like, bro, you need to be doing, you need to be doing more. Stop this talking. Let's do some walking, and just kept pushing him. 
And obviously, again, I understood his timing, so I just stayed back from a distance and pushed from far. And when we get on a call, I'm like, how are you, st- are you still interested in doing a podcast? You know, just things like that. And that's how it came. It was just like buddies um, and chatting and pushing. And I asked that and, and had you talk about it because um, I just recently met Stephen, fantastic guy. Definitely check out his podcast. That's right. You did meet him. Yeah. I, I did. I did. And I'll, I'll share that story in just a second. But um, I'll, I'll have the link to Stephen's podcast um, in the show notes with Donald's information, guys. So definitely do that. But the point is that you don't always have formal relationships with mentors and mentees. It doesn't have to be labeled that way. There may be people in your life who are being supportive and you don't realize what they're doing. So, you know, kind of keep an eye out because there are people who, you know, Donald and Stephen met on Twitter. I, I met Stephen at the podcast movement because of their conversation, actually. Um, it was Stephen's first podcast movement and he was tweeting and Donald was retweeting. Cause, so I would never have seen Stephen if Donald had been retweeting. And I was like, wow, this guy is doing his first podcast movement. He's doing a new podcast. This is great. And I had made it a point uh, at Podcast Movement to try and meet 75 Dream Chasers. It was just my goal. Last year, we had done 62. And so I just wanted to kind of see how we could do this year. And we, we did 86, which was great. But Stephen was one of them. So I saw, I, I knew what he looked like because it was Twitter. And I saw him at the Podcast Movement. And I came up to him. And I think he surprised him. I don't think he saw that coming. <laughs> I was like, are you Stephen Hart? And he was like, yes. And not... I didn't see his badge to answer that. So I think that the room uh, it's like, I saw you interacting with Donald on, on Twitter and I just wanted to meet you. And he was like, Oh wow. Okay. And then we just got talking and you know, we've uh, interacted the same way. And it's amazing how one relationship can build another relationship and just kind of goes on and on, but it never would have happened if you hadn't taken a interest in what he's doing and been supportive with him and kind of built that relationship. Oh, man, that is so cool. I didn't know that side. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. That's yeah. how it came. This is so awesome. It, you know, it's, a, it's a small world, and social media can be an amazing thing. I mean, it does have its dark side, but it can be an amazing thing in bringing people together. And so um, you did a great job and are doing a great job uh, mentoring Stephen. His podcast is awesome, guys. It's very fun. You should definitely check it out, um, just, just like uh, Donald's is. But I want to go back to something you, you said. I don't want to downplay this, guys, because... He's going for the semifinals of the Toastmaster World Championship, and that is an amazing feat. I don't, for those who are not familiar with Toastmasters, it is an organization that helps people who may not be comfortable in an audience, right? There are, you don't just jump to professionalism. If you partake in this, you can kind of work your way there. So I did competent Toastmasters, so I did the beginning part. So awesome. Yeah. Thank you. So I, I'm familiar with it. My dad is a DTM. So uh, I'm familiar with the program, which is why I don't want to downplay this. Donald has gone from local level to area level. To, you know, he's built himself up. How many times have you competed? For this one, I mean, I've competed for the past three years, okay. but this is the first time going to the, the semifinals. But yeah, I've you do the local, the area, division, district so i've competed four different rounds of uh of competitions uh, levels um and now we're going to the semifinal round so that means three years you've been working towards this you haven't made it you felt that loss at least twice this is the third year i, I guess and yeah. so you're you've made it this far and 
because this is across the world. There are people from the Philippines, from China, from you know all around. It's not just the U.S. So I, I, I want to make sure everybody understands the enormity of this, which is an amazing thing. So congratulations, um, all the best as you perform. Is there anything that you've from your time in participating in the past two years with this one? And guys, uh, we won't know how Donald has done when this episode airs. It'll, it'll be just probably, I guess, a few weeks short of it. So definitely wish him luck on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or anything you see him on. Is there anything that you look back and think, this piece of advice is something I need to take to the next one? I'm sure there was a, a number of speech-related stuff, but just overall in the process of going through this, did you ever think, you know, I've tried tw- two years in a row, it hasn't happened, I should stop? Um, I mean, there is, uh, let's go back to the very, very beginning. Mm-hmm. And this will make a sexier story, knock on wood, when I win the world championship of public speaking. You but heard it here I first. Wrote, what's that? You heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, uh, um, yeah, we need to replay this episode when that happens. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. But we, um, I, I went to my first Toastmaster meeting. I had my first little manual there, a competent communicator, and I wrote on it, and I still have it. I will be the world champion of public speaking. And I saw Ryan Avery do it, and that's one of my motivators to say I'm going to do this. Um, so I was like, I can do this. I know I can. Um, so that's where that started. So that was a goal, mm-hmm. and there was difficulties along the way. But I said, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up until I get get there. So that kept me going. Even though when the times, those years, so fast forward to the times where I would – didn't make it or I, you know, lost a competition or, or something to that nature just didn't work out. I'm just like, you're bummed, but you just have to realize I need to go back to the drawing boards and then come back with another speech for year two, um, come back and a year, you know, after the first year and then now year three, come back with another speech and you just tweak and you work and you practice and you work and you get your mind set, get, get your, you know, head right. And, um, there, those times where I feel like I, you know, I felt like, is this even worth it? You know, do I need do I need this? I wanted to give up. But I remember my goal. My goal was that I wanted to accomplish and to be the world champion of public speaking. So that kept me going. And this is part it's important that we each have a why. Um, we each have something that's going to drive us when times get difficult. We each need to have something that we can dig down upon. It's like having your North Star or having your bearings set properly where you say, you know, where you, 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 you look and whenever times get tough, you can say, I can go back and I can go and, you know, look back towards my navigation and know where I need to go. Without that goal, if I didn't have that vision, then I would, it would be competing just to compete and then giving up. But I wanted to reach the top. I wanted to reach the world championship public speaking. So it motivates me to go and do whatever needs necessary, whatever means is necessary to uh to make this happen um so that kept me going so you need to as every seller you need to have that in your in your life you need to have something that's going to guide you everyone is an entrepreneur everyone who's uh you know in in any facets of business you need to have that that internal driver at that why that's going to keep you going and i think that's a great point guys uh if you don't have that why you're just going to be chasing one thing after another and that's not really chasing a dream that's just chasing something for the chase to chase um know why you're doing things and that's actually a great segue to what is one thing you would recommend to someone outside of the why what is something an advice or resource or quote you would 
give to someone who is chasing their dream? Ooh, this is a very good one. This is one that I live by and we started talking about it already and I just feel that it's important, it's imperative that you understand this and really get it. But in order to be successful, you have to do the opposite of what everyone else is doing. And let's make this clear. So, you know, when we talked about hacking across the country, following a path, yes, you follow the path that someone already has created, but that doesn't mean you have to do it the same exact way. And what I mean by that, there's so many other podcasts is a great medium. So because everyone else is podcasting, that doesn't mean I stop podcasting. No, my podcast now is going to be different. I'm going to create it in a different way. Just like your podcast, Amy, is so unique and so cool. It's you. It's Amy. So we follow. you follow your path. So when I see this and when I see it out there in the business world, what that looks like to me is Apple and Microsoft. You know, two companies who create similar products, but one goes about it in a totally different. Microsoft goes about it in a totally different way than Apple went about doing it. So there, you go. You you need to be different. We need to stand out. And too often, too often, we try to copycat exactly what everyone else is doing. If we see a business out there and they're doing great, we're going to do exactly everything they're doing. That's the way their particular DNA is set up, not yours. Each of us were born. One of my sales trainers used to always say this: "You were born an original." Don't die a copy. And what he meant by that is don't go out and try to be somebody else. You have your own voice, your own way of articulating, your own way of doing something. You follow that and you do that. It doesn't matter if no one else isn't doing it the way you're doing it because that's awesome. That means you are doing something unique and you need to maintain that uniqueness. So in order to be successful, do the opposite of what everyone else is doing. I love that. I love that because also... uh, to that point, you know, you have to be different. Don't let the fact that someone's doing something already stop you from doing what you want to do. No, and that's the, the contrary, actually. There's, if somebody else is doing it, that's when you need to do it. Mm-hmm. Let me give you, I was at a conference, um, where was it? I was meeting and chatting with some, uh, uh, I can't remember exactly where, but some investors. And one of the things they talked about was just that when you somebody comes to them as an investor and say um say something like like uh um well i i don't have they go to an investor and they say i don't have any competition in my business so that's when the competition the, excuse me, the investors will be like i don't want to talk to you you need to come back um and they say you know might in a mind say why in the world would they not want to talk to me i have no one com- competing that means there's no market there that means there's nothing there um and if you think that you have no competition usually you're lying to yourself because there is competition out there and if there's no one in there that means there's no market for you to be able to develop it so they like to see that they people like to hear that there's a little bit of competition that there's some other people out there as well but you just have to be different in the way that you deliver your product to that community or to that market and, and guys, I'm going to end on that note because that was fantastic and something each of us should be doing. Be different. Be you. Just like Donald is. And Donald, all the best as you work towards the World Championship for 2016 and Woo-hoo. for everything else. I mean, with, the pot, with your show, with your business, wishing nothing but the best. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And that was Donald Kelly. All of it, the entire interview from beginning to end was gold. Everything he was saying was great and helpful and something I just want to, I want to emphasize that you can use anything he said in this interview, you know, utilize what he, the advice and 
uh, lessons he's learned in your own dream chase. It doesn't have to be just in sales. It works especially in sales, but it can be in any aspect of a dream chase. So whether you're trying to become a cook, whether you're trying to be in sales and an entrepreneur, a speaker, a writer, an actor, whatever, you can take the lessons from this podcast episode and apply it to your own dream chase. So want to be clear on that. Okay, so definitely do that. And if you guys could take a second, shout out some support to Donald, who is going after the World Championship Toastmasters contest. He's in the semifinals. Uh, and then a few days later, hopefully, fingers crossed and God willing, he will be at the finals. And so shout out some support. It is in August. This episode is not airing in August, so there is some time. But you can reach him at Donald C. Kelly on Twitter and Instagram and at the Sales Evangelist on Facebook. All of those links, of course, are in the show notes page, which you can find at ChasingDreamsHQ.com slash episode 51. That's episode 5-1. And until next time, guys, keep chasing. Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams. Connect with her on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram via at Chasing Dreams HQ. Or you can find Amy on Twitter at AmyJ21. That's A-I-M-E-E-J-2-1. Be sure to visit headquarters over at ChasingDreamsHQ.com for more inspiration, motivation, and resources to help with your own dream chase. We hope you'll join Amy next week. And until then, keep chasing. Keep chasing.